breaks screaming. A 6,200-ton freight train is desperately trying to stop. The two men controlling the machine are looking at the tracks before them in horror. They know they won't come to a halt in time. So the conductor does the unthinkable. May 12, 1998. It was a perfectly sunny day in Lafayette, Indiana, and Tilda Marshall, mother of four, decided it was a good time to do some garden work. She went to her backyard and got down to tending the flowers, leaving her 19-month-old daughter Emily with her older brother. The sun was getting hotter, and soon Ms. Marshall got completely absorbed in her work. In the meantime, Robert Moore and Rod Lindley were sitting in the cab of a locomotive, making its slow but steady way through the flat Indiana landscape. Moore was the train's conductor, and Lindley his engineer, and they'd worked together for the best part of their lives. On that day, the routine was as boring as usual, and the two were lazily talking, each one in their own thoughts. But still, they kept a watchful eye on the road. Ahead lay the town of Lafayette, and they had to make sure the passage was safe. Just before the curve of the rails, Lindley dropped the speed to 25 miles per hour as the rules required. In residential areas, animals and people sometimes appeared on the tracks, so the train had to move slowly to be able to stop in time. Conductor and engineer grew cautious, turned on the warning bell and flashing lights, and were carefully observing their surroundings. They had to cross two dozen streets over a three-mile stretch, and although they'd been through the town hundreds of times, it was still a nervous experience. And the caution paid off. When the locomotive rounded the curve and the crew got a clear view of the road ahead, Lindley noticed something small on the tracks just a few hundred feet away. Tilla Marshall lost track of time and had been busy gardening for a few hours when she finally decided to take a break. She got up from the dirt, took off her gloves, wiped the sweat from her brow, and turned to get a glass of water from the house. But then it struck her that something was wrong. It was too quiet, which was never the case, especially with Emily around. She was a loud and lively girl, just like any toddler. Tilla rushed into the house and saw her son, who was supposed to be with Emily, inside, alone. And then she heard the train's horn. It was prohibited to do so in towns and cities, but Rod Lindley still blew the horn to scare away what he thought was a dog on the train tracks. At the same time, he hit the brakes and started slowly bringing the train to a halt. He knew, though, that he couldn't stop the heavy machine too fast. There were 96 cars behind the locomotive, and some of them contained flammable gas. If the train halted too hard while some of the cars were still on the curve, it could overturn, leading to a disaster. So Lindley braked carefully and continued blowing the horn. It was then that his companion Robert Moore, who had been trying to discern what the object was, went pale, his eyes growing huge. It's a baby! He cried. And indeed, when the silhouette on the tracks raised its head and turned towards the oncoming train, they both saw it was a child, no more than two years old, barely able to stand on her chubby legs. Tilla was standing at the door, petrified. The railroad was just a couple of blocks away, barely visible even from her front porch, and the horn was getting louder and more frantic by the minute. Her mind was racing, but she couldn't take a single step. Frozen in horror, 
and listening to the train whistling away in the distance. She hoped the reason wasn't her daughter on the tracks, but deep inside, she knew it was. As soon as Moore said the horrible words, Lindley risked everything and hit the emergency brakes. The train cars started bumping into each other, slowly coming to a halt. Too slowly. The train would need another 600 feet to stop completely, and the little girl was half that distance ahead. If the baby didn't go away from the tracks right then, nothing would help her. When the train came even closer, and the girl still stayed on the track, Moore jerked the left door of the locomotive open, stepped on the railing outside, and crossed to the other side, perched right behind the train's plow. He didn't know what he was hoping to accomplish, he just had to do something. He yelled and waved at the child to come off the track, and miraculously, it seemed to work. The baby really rolled off the rail and onto the side. If she lay low, the plow might have gone above her head. But the girl started to push her backside up to rise on her feet instead. Frantic and terrified, Moore hung on to the railing with a single hand and outstretched his right foot as far to the front as he could. The girl was directly on the way of the train's plow, and he had only one chance of saving her from being hit. Only a dozen feet were left before the impact, and Moore was desperately hoping his legs were long enough. They were. In a swift and strong motion, Moore kicked the girl to the side, catching her with his foot on the back as she was standing on her feet and hands. The kick sent her tumbling down the side of the railroad. As in slow motion, Moore saw her hitting her head on some rocks, but at least she wasn't plowed by the train. He jumped off the engine and ran to the little girl's side. She was sitting on the stones a little way down, crying, bruised a bit, but otherwise unharmed and definitely alive. The train finally came to a halt behind Moore. He was holding the girl to his chest, softly soothing her, and she was clutching to him. Someone must have called the ambulance because there were emergency service vehicles near the tracks already. Moore, still talking to the girl, took her in his arms and went towards the head of the train. There, firefighters took her from him and handed her to the paramedics. The child was immediately whisked off to the hospital, and the police officers went to the town to find her parents. It didn't take too much time, because Tilla Marshall walked on shaky legs to meet them. Her face pale and eyes red. The officers were quick to assure her that the girl was fine, but they needed to make sure it was Emily. Tilla recognized her daughter by description and nearly fainted when relief hit her. After inspecting the train and talking to the police, Robert Moore and Rod Lindley continued on their way. They still had work to do. But when he came home that evening, Moore saw that his family was waiting for him on the front porch, and they started applauding as soon as they noticed him. It turned out Moore's heroic act was on TV already, and they knew what he'd done. The little girl Emily was fine and returned to her mother on the next day. And a week later, Robert Moore paid a visit to Tilla Marshall's house himself. When the incident just happened, he thought she was irresponsible and got angry. But then, being a father himself, he remembered how tricky little kids can be. Having learned the guest's identity, Tilla Marshall gave him a warm and sincere hug of thanks. And Emily, 
with just the fading signs of her ordeal, smiled as he picked her up.